Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Thanks for having us. Craig has had no sleep. So, Craig, give me yeah. the give me the uh, give me the details about what's going on in, in your point of view with the election. Well, it's twelve thirty p.m. Central Time here in Chicago, and as right now, uh, the Wisconsin Secretary of State just said that uh, they're going to you know canvass, do their quick recanvassing of the vote this afternoon, and they'll have a unofficial figure. And there's not enough votes outstanding in the state to erase Biden's lead. His lead is not super huge. It's about 26,000, I think, in that state, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And and there are two very small towns with a total under 600 votes between them. So in a rural town, so they largely probably go stronger for Trump, but maybe not completely. But there's not enough there that, to uh, influence Biden's lead there. So it looks like he's going to take Wisconsin um, and then the Trump people say, well, we want to recount and they can't, you know, they can't legally request a recount until December 1st after the vote is certified. And I'm hoping by December 1st, uh, Pennsylvania will have come home. Uh, it looks like we have a really good chance of winning that state because there's a ton of vote around Philly and Allegheny County where Pittsburgh is. And they're largely all mail-in ballots. You know, the, the Pittsburgh legis- or the Pennsylvania legislature is Republican. And the Democrats tried to cut a deal with them in the state. The governor's Democrat tried to cut a deal with them to start counting the mail-in ballots earlier. But the Republicans wouldn't allow it. And I think their strategy was to give Trump the opportunity for the red mirage that he pulled last night. You know, when mm-hmm. he was way up before the votes were even close to counting, he says, I won. Look at the totals. I'm, I'm winning. And uh, that was something that we knew would be a possibility. Of course, he went for it and and, and tried to uh, tried to say that. So he didn't try. He, he did. did. He did say that. Whatever he says, it, it was pretty royal ugly. Flock believe him. Yeah, that's uh-huh. a, they said that's the problem. No matter what happens now, there's going to be you know forty percent of the people who think you know he it was somehow some kind of weird. But if, if they had to be really short sighted, because in every election we don't count, we don't get the total on election night. There's, there's always a projection. NBC right. projects. CBS projects the, the winner. And then in 2018. On election night, people were saying, wow, the Democrats out there were going to get a blue wave. And they picked up enough seats to take the House, but there was no blue wave. But then by the end of like maybe three weeks later, when they did the final count, the Democrats picked up 40 seats and it was quite a wave. And it's a similar kind of thing going on here. All the counting, really? All the counting going on now are mail-in ballots or mail-in and uh, same-day ballots from really heavy Democratic districts. And that's in almost every state. And so, you know, we have a chance to win Georgia and Pennsylvania before Trump could even make a legal recount request in Wisconsin, which would make it moot. Uh, they called Maine for Biden, and he got three of the four electoral votes from that state. So given where he's leading right now, and this, I'll just wrap it up here, um, he holds Arizona, holds Nevada. He's ahead in uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. And then with those three votes in Maine and that one electoral vote in in Nebraska, he's at 270. 
Yeah, I saw that as well. It's a very tight, um, interesting election. And Jan, what are your thoughts about all this? I mean, Craig, way to break that down, man. That was like, you've been up all night, man. (laughs) Craig has been um, pretty much, you know, his whole diet all all evening was the numbers Steve Kornacki kept throwing back and forth at him for every county count over and over again. <laughs> I kept going by, I said, you maybe you want to go to sleep now. And he goes, no, oh, I really love this. Like, he was just like <laughs> sucking it in like an uh, addict. He likes the number. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, you know what occurs to me is that it's just so un, like there's something very wrong somewhere in our society. It's not Trump. It's the people that knowingly, willingly just forget all of the th- his imperfections and the things he does. They, they push it aside and follow him like lemmings. It's like, it's just unbelievable. And we have to find a way to, um, to crack the code there. Like, what is it that they're seeing in this guy that is really motivating their following, you know, their, their worship. Um, it's just, it's very concerning to me. I thought we would have a little more of a, of a, you know, landslide, if you will. That's what you, you mentioned, Darian. That's what you thought. I was looking at the data that I thought it seemed like that, but I, I don't think I anticipated that there, that there was so much, um, well, if you look at it, there's a, if you look at even in very, um, I would say conservative states, there's all these really tiny counties and all these in these big cities. And the big cities are always very blue. And the conservative places, these small counties are always very red. And so what I'm seeing, and Craig, I mean, you may have seen the same thing, is that there's a divide between kind of your very rural, um, generally speaking, demographically uneducated voters versus your more urban college-educated and suburban voters. And it's almost this divide between educated and non-educated humans. I, and, I think that's you know, definitely true. Mm. And, and, and also, there's, there's this other thing, too, where a certain percentage of Trump supporters are happy with him because he sticks his finger in our eye all the time. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard and I've seen on Twitter and various you know, Trump supporters thinking, that they love the way they say he trolls the liberals, right? Like he'll say something that's really horrible and then know that it's really horrible and he enjoys sitting back watching the reaction to it. There's 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 several things like that. that. And they love him for that. Yeah, there's that part of it. But the other part of it is you say that these people are conservative. They're usually religious. And does that, that's never in the past meant that it's okay to put kids in cages. You know, it's never meant that they look the other way when we've got some pretty egregious, you know, social norms being completely shattered. Well, let me let me say just this: just because he says it and he's sticking the eye, you know, sticking his finger in our eye, that's just a, you know one part of it. But the other part is they have no moral grounds anymore. You know, he, Republicans used to have some kind of morality. I mean, and the evangelicals they, love him. And Trump's a man like, with what is that with five children by three women. Um, he's had sex with a porn star while his wife was breastfeeding his child. A brand new, well, they just brand new they, I mean, he's morally he's he's Republicans would have hated him, you know, uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, but somehow he gives them what they want and I it's know, like a cult of personality. What I've been it's saying is like racism that. for like the last three or four years. And I, I don't know. It seems like he offers them a way of sort of like white cultural identification. Right. And, and, and he gives them something to feel good about themselves. And then we're talking about this, you know, non-college educated white voters. He gives no, them no, something. There's college educated voters in there too. It's just a few, a, but he's a, he's lost a lot. That one of the reasons that we're gonna pull out this two seventy is but Biden winning so in the suburbs. Close. Here's one thing I will say, and, and you won't hear this very often, Darian. But I, you know, here's a positive thing about what what I think Trump did. You know, and I was, you know, I, I hated to see them. I never watch him, but what he did in the last two weeks of the campaign is the same thing he did in 2016. He went out on the road hardcore, doing sometimes five six events a day, and he went to these like the places you were mentioning. He went to like rural, small community things 
And and then, you know, it's easy for some pundits to say, oh, he's just preaching to the choir. Anyone that comes through his rallies, you know, they're already. But he goes to these small places in the hopes of turning out their cousins that didn't show up and their brother-in-law who couldn't make it. And just and he he's expanded the map to expanded the range of Republican voters in both of his elections. He's gotten people that don't vote, don't pay attention to politics. He's gotten them interested in politics and they come out and vote for him. And, you know, there were some Democrats worried that Biden's schedule was a little light. And uh, and, uh, and I know that in Florida, they were saying one of the things that fell short there was there was no a very little face to face canvassing due to the coronavirus. And Republicans just went out and got in your face. They knocked on doors. They held events. They crowded in. They got sick and they worked through it, whereas Democrats were, you know, trying to do positive? what the, trying to do with the health. No, what the positive part was, I was just giving him credit for his rallies and giving him credit for you know, turning up the wick, going out there yelling and screaming, completely absurd crap that he yelled at every, every one of them. But he was out there doing it and he, and he motivated and he found more rural and small town voters than he got before. He's, uh, he's already at, he's losing the popular vote by almost 3 million, but he's already at 66 million. 66 million people voted for him. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's, that's a, just insane that's to me. For the kind of, kind of egregious crap he's pulled off. It's just... I just, we got to get to the bottom of this somehow as a culture. We have to understand our society is at risk here. We have, we have problems with this. It's, you know, it's grown over the last four years. They've got this QAnon crap that they're following. It's just insanity. And somehow we have to get out and fight against this because it's just going to be a, it's not going to be an easy four year term for Biden. Well, that's why I think Biden's actually kind of perfect candidate for this moment because he he's moderate, he's inoffensive, and he's conciliatory. And not that we have to do all the you know all those I'm sorry's and what do you want me to do for you, but he is the type of person that's a good listener to people. And he says he wants to bring the country together, and that's going to be painful for some of us to watch. But part of doing that is figuring out what these Trump people want, and and you know, is there a way to well, sort some of some of them just want to you know arrest the governors and, you know, send them afloat in the middle of Lake Michigan. That's right. what they want. Well, look, and that's another thing, too. We can we can take some, I guess, some uh, solace in the fact that there wasn't any type of ugliness yesterday at the polls. You yeah. know, there weren't like a bunch of armed militia out trying to keep people from voting or anything like that. Proud boys, none of that. Of course, now we have an opportunity for that sort of thing if we get into recounts, like mm-hmm. the Florida recount where you're all in a room. And you're trying to choose it. You can, you know, you got a site. You can go protest and all the other stuff. So that could still happen. But we got through election day without that. We did actually. I was, I was fairly surprised by that. I want to unpack kind of what Jan was saying that there's, there's something underneath that I think is mystifying to a lot of people. And maybe dive deeper into why is, is it more of like it feels like this is just a speculation feeling. Looking at what's happening is that there's not a lot of diversity of thoughts and ideas related to um, to make room for other options. It seems very tribal in nature, one side versus the other. It's almost like a football game. It's like the Giants versus the Eagles. I'm an Eagles fan. You're a Giants fan. And that we've, in, in a sense, haven't given a lot of ideas or options for other other parties or uh, a growth of an independent aspect of things for that. I'm just speculating. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I think, you know, we're very, very tribal. And and I guess it would be very tribal of me to blame the Republicans for that. But <laughs> it seems like, um, you know, they've been sort of punching this thing for a while. Like, like I don't know if you remember the Tea Party when Obama yes. was president and everything else. And they were hell-bent on not spending any money. Of course, Trump's elected and they just the deficit's like way out of control. Um, and so there's sort of hypocrisy at work. I don't know what the answer is. We have to find it. And I think this comes down to what are what are those people who vote for Donald Trump want? What do they want to happen? Other than you know, and I almost think Darren. I also think I might think they just want Donald Trump to be president, and they don't really care what he does. You know, they don't care if he if he does an education program or. Or you know, or, get, or, or takes or, away their health care. Yeah, he doesn't really care. They, they want him, and they want him in the big house. It's a cult of personality. And it's a cult they of personality. His 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 personality there. He's he's been marketing himself since way before Celebrity Prentice. I mean, we saw Donald Trump when we were when was that, Craig? In the mid nineties, our manager took us to um, Atlantic City to celebrate my birthday, 
and the Rolling Stones were playing at Trump Tower, the, the Trump Casino, Casino and Tower there, there yeah. in Atlantic City. And so we went there and we had tickets to the Rolling Stones and and he was there in the audience. Trump was. And it was like, oh, there's a royalty guy up there. You know, so he like, was in a balcony. Yeah. I mean, like we a- didn't like I didn't. He was just a celebrity, you know, that everybody knew. So he's been he's been in this position for many, 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 many years. And his TV uh, experience grew that like exponentially. And then all he's just constantly on it. And he doesn't care about anything other than promoting his celebrity. And that is what I think these people respond to. They we've had uh, my theory was a while ago that we've raised a whole generation of people on junk food and social media and, you know, reality TV and reality TV. And this is what we, we end up with. This is, this is the trifecta of, you know, complete selfish, you know, junk food that we've, we've given them, you know, that, that we've grown these people. And this is, you know, and and even if you're a senior, you know, it, it took some time, but now here you are, you know, scrolling through your Facebook incessantly and, Mm. you know, (laughs) eating, you know, processed foods and, you know, not having an opinion based on science. You know, how how did that happen? These are, I think they just want him to be president. I don't think they care about taxes or care about, you know, this, this, this program or this issue. They want him to be in. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier. They just love the way he, in their, in their opinion, trolls Democrats. It's the reality TV. Like he said something, that's that like you know most educated people will go well that's a horrible thing to say and then he sits back and enjoys watching everyone in the media say how say what a bad guy he is and um, he he actually likes that because he thinks he likes controlling the 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 the, the you know controlling the media cycle have we ever uh, let's talk history for a second has there been a figure like this besides like you know Hitler in the past that's done this sort of thing. Yeah, he's not a Hitler, but um. Well, you know, like that had in that. America. I don't think we have. I mean, what was the guy Huey Long? Was he the Ooh. former governor of Louisiana and wanted to run for president? He was sort of a demagogue like Trump, and was super popular with working class people. But then I think uh, before right. he could, yeah, that was. I think I think that was in the Teddy Roosevelt era, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But right. You could, I mean, you could also look at Ronald Reagan. I mean, obviously very different men, different temperaments, but, you know, Ronald Reagan was a movie star and the Republicans at that point were saying how, you know, they hated the Hollywood values and they didn't, you know, they wanted small town values, not Hollywood values. But then when Ronald Reagan showed up, boy, they fell in love with him. And, you know, he sort of ran the presidency like, a, like, like, you know, he was, a, he wasn't like such a celebrity like Trump, but he was a good actor at acting like he was president. Yeah, <laughs> and they, yeah. and they loved that hook, line and sinker. I mean, they went. It, it was it was nuts. But yeah, he is a mystery, man. I cannot, you know, for us that don't support him, he seems like Satan himself. And then you can't wonder why and how could anyone, you know, support him. And and I guess yeah. we're going to have to find that out. You know, we're going to have to find that out. To, to so, Darian, what's your uh, strategy for them? Well, well, one, I, I would love to just piggybacking off of that in some sense is. Uh, an interesting point that maybe they just want him to be president. It's maybe it's that simple on some level uh, for it, and uh, because it seems like the Republican Party of what you kind of know of the Republican Party is not uh, Trump based. You know, there's it's almost it's I, I've never known it to be that type of party, um, and maybe it's just that it's like, hey, we like this person, we like the TV shows. We just like this trolling thing, which is just so popular in our society right now. It is very popular. Yeah. It's just so, and it's if a person in leadership is like that, you go, oh, this person's just like me. I'm like this, or I enjoy indulging in these things. Um, I see as a sense of, uh, there's a weird rabbit hole we're going down with, with a lack of decency and integrity and uh, moral compass. But I'll also say on the other side of things too, Democrats also have a division too, in many ways, in that there is a very there is different factions of Democrats who are very far left and some that are more centrist. And and for many of them, Joe Biden was not their candidate that they wanted oh, yeah. for that. Well, last night, um and, and the Biden campaign said yesterday that we're gonna it's gonna look pretty bleak around midnight, but it'll look way better at four AM. And that's exactly yeah. kind of what happened. But last night when I was looking bleak, there were Democrats saying 
I told you we should have run Bernie. We should have been we should have made Biden go farther to the left. And I'm not sure that is what we miss. Check this out. I, Biden will have the lowest total of African-American oh, men. Yeah. What's up with you men, guys? <laughs> men voters. Uh, he, he's going to get less than Hillary Clinton. What is that? I didn't even I know. know. That. And what is up with you guys? Well, they were saying that it was some kind of thing. Darian? They were saying it was some kind of thing about, you know, misogyny, sexism and all that stuff being pretty uh, alive and well. Same thing a little bit with the Latino community. He did better this time amongst people of color than he did the last time after he's been a racist for four years, which is stunning to me. But then you saw him with like people with, you know, I, I don't want to insult anyone's musical taste or anything, but. You saw him with idiots like Little Wayne. Uh, mm-hmm. You saw him um, where uh, Fifty Cent says he's against Biden because of his tax thing. I guess he had a meeting with Ice Cube or, or something. Yeah, you know, Ice Cube came out later and says, "Yeah, I don't support Trump, but you know, you let Trump use you for a photo op and a and a, and a mm-hmm. promotional thing." You know, Trump doesn't care about black people; he just wants their votes every four years, obviously. But um, and yeah, so that's he went a, to places like Iowa, and he actually said, "I'm really pissed. I have to come here." Yeah, and they voted for him. It's yep. Like, who are these people? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's like really concerning me. I have a really, we, I have a really, the whole thing with Lil Wayne and stuff. I was just talking to my wife about that, and the, kind of the visual and different artists who are, um, it's, it seems very monetary based. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's, that's disappointing to me, no matter what it is, because it's a, tra- it's a trade of money for values. It's like, Hey, listen, I don't want to be 20 cent. I want to be 50 cent. I was like, okay, so you're willing to overlook all these in- integrity, uh, based things, these values for the almighty dollar. But then if I think about this person's background, his whole life has been about making money completely. Where has been... So, I mean, I don't know, I, but I think these are people who have a lot of sway in public opinion, but it's also difficult being a black man to see another black man making decisions based purely on money and how it affects their bank account versus uh, the moral dilemmas that we have. Um, well, it's disappointing. There's, you know? there's yeah. differences, and I don't know 50 cents, like, you know, his 50 cents. Uh, I don't know his yeah. uh, his background, his parental if he had any parents to guide him, but you know, you had parents, Craig had parents. They, that set you on the right path and you had some kind of, you know, training in how to be a good civil, you know, benefit to society person. Um, and a lot of, like I said, the new generation of social media and bling and, you know, junk food and just selfishness in general is, is spawning this huge wave of people who could give a shit about anything except what is right in front of them. Well, uh, and I will throw this uh, in the, in the wash here regarding 50 cent. I saw, I didn't, I didn't read the story, but I saw a headline where, you know, you know, Chelsea Handler, Mm -hmm. uh, she had him on her show and I guess she, Berated him. him and forced him to say he's going to support Biden. Because <laughs> he was like, you, know, you have enough money. You know, he, you know, it was just kind of like she just heard it and, and challenged him on it. And he did relent. But, uh, you know, Trump just wanted a few headlines like that to speak to enough black voters to think that he could squawk by. And that's kind of what, you know, he he did in some places. He got more black vote than we thought he would. Black women, however, were not fooled. They voted overwhelmingly for Biden. Hmm. You no, know, it's interesting to know this too because uh, typically we'd have exit poll data supporting all that. Yeah, and it, it, it's hard to do exit poll in a Corona setting. You know, nobody wants to talk to somebody when they come out of the voting poll. Just right. want to, you know, and, you know, keep get out of there. So I don't know how we're really going to uh, know those little insights this time without exit exit polling data. But yeah, it's it's like it's like a lot of Democrats were saying. Yeah, I um I started off the night thinking this is going to be good. Uh, you know, 10, 30, 11, midnight, I felt horrible. <laughs> and then in the morning, I didn't, I started to feel not so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a roller coaster, you know. <laughs> That's how I went, you know. I mean, we were sitting on the on the patio. We had a, we had a couple of martinis. Oh, you had a martini. We were like, nice. you know. Very nice. I, I mean, I wasn't thinking we were going to see a landslide, but I didn't think it would be. No, that was just to calm my nerves, the martini. I didn't really want to. <laughs> my stomach was in knots all night. I'm just like watching <laughs> My stomach, the I didn't do that. I I'm just like, turned oh my it God. off and, you know, 
I couldn't do it. I think it was built. It was during the Clinton elections where I really got. I mean, I've always been interested in politics. My mom was yeah. a precinct captain when I was a little kid and all that stuff. But I got really interested in it as an adult when Clinton was president because he had the amazing ability to, you could ask him almost any district in the country and he could tell you what their values were mm. and and what what they're about. He knew the country as well as a politician could in an electoral sense. Like he could say, oh yeah, Macomb County, you know, they they want, this is what they like up there, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're not homophobic, but they like their guns or whatever. You know I mean? He would have different breakdowns of cultural desires based on county. And that's what you see when you see the elections come down. It's really interesting and cool to see when you know what the county makeup is and the count come, vote count. Wasn't he the there. one that said, you know, you got to put it down where the goats can get it? That, that was a that was a New York Times writer who said uh, that. But that was but he's but he said Bill Clinton puts it down where the goats can get it. You know, he, yeah. he, he explains policy in a way that you don't have to be very educated to understand exactly what he's saying. Yeah. So. You know, they said they said Obama was a great order, but they said he was professorial. That was a negative. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a positive if you're if you could be a professor, yeah. you're intelligent. But they they call that a negative of him that he was could be professorial and, and, and you know preachy teachy too much for people. And that goes back to why Trump is where he is, right? We, even in Obama's time, you know, being smart and having data wasn't always popular. You know, yeah. and, and and, you know, you don't, and Bill Clinton, super smart guy, but he would talk with, you know, he would exaggerate his Southern accent and make himself sound like, you know, Bubba, a Bubba. Yeah. And it, it worked for him. Hey, where's your Southern accent? Uh, I'm fresh out. Yeah. <laughs> He's out of it, man. Uh, come down. <laughs> it is amazing, though, all across America, you get outside of a city and you get a, a country accent. You know, you could be outside of Grand Rapids, outside of Detroit, outside of Chicago, you know, and you just get this drawly thing going on. That's nuts. Yeah. I've had the fortune of living in most parts of the United States because of being in a military family and moving a lot. And so I, I kind of have the pulse of a lot of real, I've lived in really tiny, small towns, 2000 people, huge megalopolises. And I feel like um, even back when I did that growing up, it was very similar to the ideals I see now. And cities are more progressive, rural areas are extremely conservative. Yeah. Um, and so it's I, I think just unpacking the whole thing uh, with Trump, is just, it's very fascinating. It's interesting because is it like is it policy driven or is it just celebrity driven? Like, what's the mystery behind this? Well, it's I think strange, I it's think strange to me, actually. They, he, he fans the flames of fear uh, pretty, pretty well. I mean, he did he did it to all the people in Miami-Dade saying that, you know, Joe Biden's a communist, you know, he's going to be a socialist and take all your stuff away. And, and you know what that's like, cause you're from Venezuela and blah, blah. And he, he completely fanned those fears. And then in the suburban centers, he's like, well, the, the mobs of Antifa are going to come out and, you know, take over your suburbs. And what about your children? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he just has a good, you know, he was really talented at, fanning fear and yeah, he is very talented at that. i mean there's a lot of people that um in these small towns that really are afraid of city folk they don't know what we're about they don't understand that you know these these protests that came on in the city they think it was just all just unlawlessness and just there's no reason for it and you know that's why they all run to the gun store and grab all the assault rifles because they're afraid yeah, I think when you're afraid and then and then you also add into the build the wall, you know, we're afraid of those brown people. You know, it's it's just fanning the flames of fear. And it's simple human do. nature for those people. Right. I mean, they live out in a rural hinterland or wherever they live in smaller towns and they only see people just like themselves. And so they, they're comfortable there. The minute you add other types of people and not just people of color, but just other types of people in general, Culturally, like Mexicans they, come they're, on, they're, they're not happy with that. And those of us who live. And crowded cities, and you know this from living in different places mm-hmm. there, and you don't have a choice. You gotta be tolerant if you live in Chicago. You know, there's gonna be a Chinese guy on the bus next to a Mexican guy down from a Polish guy, and you know, yes. there you go. You know, and that and that's where you you live I mean, your life. We we work with all these cultures all the time with our business and you know, even our music and traveling the world and you know, just nothing nothing I'm not afraid of anything or anybody except, you know, Bubba with his assault rifle. That's pretty much all I'm afraid of. 
Yeah, I think that the diversity of thought is is an issue. I mean, like I didn't choose to be in a military family, you know, it was part of just, I was born into that with my dad and my mom, but it was a great gift because I was constantly forced to meet other people who didn't look like me and who yeah. did look like me and spoke different languages and it, it expanded my view of the world. And so it certainly expanded my view of politics and things of that nature and and that's it kind of hurts my heart when I see people who have had none of that experience because I think it's just a very limited view of the world. And if your view of the world is through the lens of social media or what you see streaming, that is a very warped sense of what is actually happening in the planet. Yeah, that's true. Hey, did you uh, live abroad also? I yeah, I did. I grew up in Germany partially in my life. I, was, I lived there twice. I was born there. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah, so you see everybody you, there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And the military is a, a, a multicultural um, institution. Yes. Yes. I mean, a lot like sports, is, it was, you know, it broke the color barrier before other things did. And and it's a, it's a definitely a tolerant based, you know, bag. I thought it was kind of interesting yesterday that some, I think it was a joint chief staff says the military were not people are taking in the election. <laughs> <laughs> in any way, Trump was threatening to you know arrest anyone who voted for Biden or something. I um, I you know, I have some. What happened? You gone? Uh, I have some friends that um, you know, are from different countries, and they're all like aghast at what's going on with our politics, and and they're afraid. And I'm like, well, look, let's go back and get some real, you know, foundation of our history. Okay, what? You know, look at the Civil War. Okay, you can you can talk about how horrible that was, and that was pretty divided. Um, and we got through it, and then we get you know fast forward to the the twenty in the twenties when we had the what was that the Hoover Bill and all the the soldiers that were being you know disenfranchised trying to get their money, and they sent the army in after them. Do you know what I'm talking? I said about? MacArthur in MacArthur. Yeah, went MacArthur. To, yeah, that was pretty and, and pretty dividing. The- and then we had the Franklin um, Roosevelt uh, presidency and everything kind of shifted toward more of a socialist kind of help the people in general. And I was I recently heard a talk by I didn't know much about Eleanor Roosevelt, but um, she was a pretty big figure during that whole period in the 40s and 50s. Even she she kept working and her overwhelming word of inspiration was hope. You know, they did a lot of uh, good for the country at that time. And she did it um, on her own a lot, traveling the country by herself, driving herself across the country when women had no right to drive that far by themselves or have a credit card or have money. And uh, she was even the first lady. So I I just try to give everyone like a sense of like things change and we're going to go through this and we have to hold on to who we are and what we believe in and try to spread some of the good non-fearful um you know society you know, we have to build a un, you know society that's not so afraid of everything you know obama often said you know we make progress towards a more perfect union and more inclusion but it's not a direct line right sometimes we go up yeah. and we get gains but then sometimes we get set back and we go back and forth but his argument is that we're steadily growing towards the society we want to be. But I also think that with, you know, with smartphones, social media, all this instantaneousness, you know, that that argument is a lot less attractive to a, a fewer people because everybody wants everything right now. And, and so well, then also you have to understand that people have to take part of, in their society. They have to engage with things if they want them to change. And you have to yes. Grab your own self and your own standards and your morality and your truth, and you have to step out and do something. And many people are not willing to do that. They're they're not willing to be authentic in who they are and how they interact with people. That you know, I just just as before we started this talk, I I looked in on a conversation. Somebody posted something on Facebook about how did we get here? What is this? This guy's a you know a liar, and he all these people believe him. And the first comment was. Well, they're both liars. Okay. So you just want to say you're a liar. I'm a liar. You know, that's, that's your, that's your remedy is just talking back at each other. There's no, there's never been a liar in politics. like Trump. (laughs) I know you can say that, but the other person is never going to see it or hear it. Right. right, How do you get them to hear it? Well, and what Trump's, okay. So this, this is a really rare day because this is my second thing to give Trump credit for. And it's a horrible thing to get credit for. But no, when he first showed up on the scene, his fake news bullshit 
has permeated his believers. So if Anderson Cooper or, or you know, or Lester Holt or something like that tells you that Trump did something bad, they just don't believe it because they think those people are just out to get him. Yeah. And so they just don't, they don't buy in. They don't, he's conditioned his fans to only believe him, which is what a dictator wants, right? I mean, he, he's only, I'm the only truthful voice. Everyone else is lying or fake or, you know, I'm the one. I feel like we need to check in and see if anything dramatic has changed. <laughs> No, it's all, good. it's all going really good right now. Like I said, you know, we just got to wait some things out. Georgia will be in tonight and we could get that and make any arguments about Wisconsin moot. I mean, Biden's got multiple paths and Trump doesn't. He's got some. Plus, plus well, he'd have to. No, he, he's he's really. Struggling. Well, he's not going to go away. No, we're going to. Yeah. Even if he loses this election, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be there throughout the rest of his presidency, and he's going to be spouting a whole shit ton of bullshit. I think he may be really unhinged if he knows he's out January 20th, oh, yeah. right? He might wreck the whole place. I mean, he might just, who knows what he'll be capable of. And that's Maybe and that's, throw one last big party. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, surround, right. I'd the White throw House. a big party if I was done. I'd be like, let's throw a rager in the White House. <laughs> he's yeah. going to surround the White House with all of his Trump supporter pickup trucks, flags, <laughs> and assault rifles. And say, Have come you- get me. Have you guys paid attention to any of the kind of ballot measures in the states? Because I think there's that's a big thing for me. And I think there's a lot of there's lots of glimmers of of change in really progressive, interesting ways in different ballots for like like in Oregon, they passed the first state to ever pass legalized psilocybin, you know, the active ingredient magic mushrooms. That's huge. That's a massive leap forward for humans. Oh, yeah. You can eat mushrooms now legally. Legally, they'll yep. be you have be able to do it in a clinic with a trained person to take uh, trips. Completely legal, and and the, you also decriminalize. Well, that's like hard Oregon. drugs. That is and Oregon. De- yes, and decriminalize hard drugs and yep. use the okay. money now for addiction recovery uh, ser- services. This that is the is first Oregon. state, the first state to ever do that in the United States. That's a inflammation. I mean, that's good. I. I think we should be passing the ability to, uh, you know, end your life when you want to. We lost the ballot initiative in Illinois. It was a high bar. It was to change the Constitution on taxes. Mm-hmm. Basically, when Pritzker got elected governor, his whole economic plan was based on being able to get this done. And his critics would say, well, you don't know if you can get that passed. And it turns out, well, he didn't get it passed this time. I think there may be still some counting going on, but it was only he was losing it 45 to 55 percent and to get this initiative passed, you have to get 60% or better because it's a change to the Constitution. So they were nowhere near that. And it was a, it was going to give, it was kind of a weird deal. Okay, so it was going to give the, the legislature the ability to raise the taxes without like any any say, like just mm, uh, okay. wake up in the morning, I think I want to raise taxes. And <laughs> then boom, it's, it's a tax raise. And and he was saying that it was only going to be on people making 400000 or above uh, and then a bunch of the state's billionaires, including the guy who built half the Art Institute, um, donated money for building half. The, and they all came out with a very organized campaign against it. And it's sometimes easier to be against something than for it for people who don't really want to get into the details and parse it and understand it. Just like, they, you know, basically they were able to say, you know, they want to get more power to tax you. That's all the opposition had to say. Mm. And that's a very simple thing. And and it was complicated what he was asking for. He was asking for ability to, to tax people over a certain income amount. But it would have given the legislature the ability to do it like when they felt like it. And so that, you know, some people were saying that's that's kind of scary. So I don't know what we do now for our budget in Illinois because we don't have any money. We, don't, we have less money since COVID. And, um, you know, it's... Don't worry. They'll make us pay it in our days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're already getting up. that. <laughs> The mayor is raising our property taxes. Yikes. We have an awesome lesbian black lady mayor here. Yes, Jan and I have talked about it. And I'm watching that special on, I think it's Netflix. It's like, it's like City So Real or something like that. It's all about Chicago and the mayoral election process with that. It's very interesting because I don't, I don't know a lot about Chicago, but all, I guess all the neighborhoods and this, you know, different aspects. I'm learning all about that. It's all crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy town. It's really you know fun in a lot of ways. And you know, I know people who live in rural areas that think it's just a shooting gallery and a, and a murder, right. you know, and that does happen. But it's usually isolated. Al Capone started that. Right. <laughs> Al Capone taught all the gangbangers how to do the drive by. Right. 
but it's it usually is sort of in one part of the city. Um, uh, it's, it's spread. It's they've been moving around. around. Bit, yeah, but, yeah um, we had a couple of incidents here. Yeah, but for the most part, the the massive the weekend buying. You know, we have, in the summertime we'll have. You know, the morning news on Monday, okay, there were 52 people shot on the weekend, eight fatalities, and two people in critical condition. Mm. That's normal for Chicago in the summer. Normal. I hope Biden comes in this election and creates some huge, like, social program that helps all these people in the rural areas connect to more city folk. Somehow, you know, he, 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 he'd never be able to get away with that because his constituency is not them, the people who put him there. So he's going to have to do something for, you know, more urban folks and whatnot that, that voted him in. Plus, if we don't get the Senate, yeah, it's going to be hard to get anything done, really. Yeah. But it'll be you know, interesting, though, with like a, this kind of urbanization plus rural kind of exchange, this connection. Yeah, I, I would like that too, but I, I kind of like Craig. I'm not sure how that happens. <laughs> like, I don't see how he could do. I don't see how he could just say, "Okay, now th- thanks for electing me. I'm going to go and do something that's going to, you know, help the people who voted for Trump." I, I you know, I, I it just I don't know how you sell that to the people who just support you in the Democratic Party. You know, there's uh, all these things the Democrats want, right? We want to restore the Voting Rights Act. We want to show up Obamacare. Um, we want to change the tax thing that the tax wealthy people because Trump gave all the money away and the tax cut to the wealthy. And those things are going to be hard enough to do um, without trying to do anything different. That's the problem. I mean, like there's a bunch of things that need fixing. And I was I was I was one of those people who was sort of interested in in the court packing idea. I was interested in making D.C. Mm-hmm. and maybe Puerto Rico states because the Republicans sort of need to be punished. For the way they handle the Supreme Court, right? Well, if we don't have the Senate, but we don't have a Senate, it. then we can't get them back. All right, right well, now. we can't. I need to know what's going on. We might still, <laughs> we might still get it. But right now, Carlos is sitting on my shoulder. It's less probable. Hi, Carlos. He's, he's... Now, have you guys? You know, have you guys ever uh, thought about? Uh, I'm not sure if you just like Democratic completely. If you ever voted for other, you know, parties and stuff, have, would you ever consider voting for other parties in the future, or have you? Well, um, I'm I'm a Democrat. Yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a I come from a Democrat family and all that. I I don't I don't see any entity out there that I would like to support. Uh, I mean, there was a time when I thought when I was sort of jealous of of some white voters because they literally have a choice, right? You can they can vote Democrat, Republican. I always felt like I couldn't vote Republican because they were so unfriendly to you know, to African-Americans largely. I mean, the total switch from the party that was formed on abolitionists by abolitionists and Lincoln and all that, they became, you know, the party of Bull Connor and all that and, and the Confederacy basically under Trump. So I, I just, you know, maybe there'll be a point in, in the future where, you know, it'll be less polarizing in a, in a racial way. But, you know, ever since Lee Atwater and the Solid South, it, that's how the Republicans win elections. They, they you know, they complain about people of color to, you know, they have grievances about people of color and they run up the white vote and they, you know, that's why they have the South locked in like they do. And, you know, that's a guy who on his deathbed apologized for that, for, you know, racializing you. He's the first guy who said, and I'll use some bad language. I'll never use his language, but I'll use it just quickly. He was the guy that says, you can't say nigger. You can say welfare recipient. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you can say, cut spending you know you can't say i want to i want to curtail those black people you know you can't say that anymore but what you say instead is i want to cut spending you know i didn't these mm-hmm. too much domestic program too much uh you know nanny state too much um welfare state and and that would you know they they ran that in a way to say that well there's only minorities on welfare and welfare yeah. was always a majority white program but you know the white voter always hate the idea of the black person being on welfare or food stamps or whatever, and they're working hard. And why isn't this black person working hard? You know, that was always a grievance that they could run. Trump still runs that. And he still yeah, scores. So we're not voting for Republicans. Sorry. So it might be a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was just asking <laughs> questions. I, I find it interesting. Just, um, it'd be interesting. I wonder how interesting would be, let's say 2024 a person like Tim Scott. I don't know if you're familiar with him, a Senator from Tim South Scott, Carolina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I've, Actually, a really good dude. 
and really good ideas, Republican. And I wonder if a black Republican ran for president with someone like a Tim Scott, how you would feel about that? Uh, well, Tim Scott, I, 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 here's my thing on Tim Scott. I think he's a good man, but he follows a party that is is a racist basically, and he's and he supports them. He voted for Kavanaugh. He voted for all these Supreme Court people that Trump put on. He supported Trump in every step of the way. He has said a few things when Trump's like when Trump's like recently when Trump said something about the Proud Boys and, and Trump wouldn't denounce white supremacy. Uh, Tim Scott says, "Well, I'm going to say that he misspoke, and if but if he doesn't clarify it today, then I will say they did misspeak." And that's that's the harshest he's come at Trump, right? I mean, and if you're sitting there being a black Republican and you're allowing the dog whistle this dog whistle him. to go out and you're not challenging it, you won't get my support. But, you know, he could be uh, someone, you know, he could be a formidable person. I don't know what he's like as a campaigner or anything. Yeah. And he was rewarded the seat. I, I mean, I think he's won it since, uh, you know, he got appointed to mm-hmm. the seat. Right. And uh, which I have to say, you know, good move for was it South Carolina. Uh, South good Carolina, move for yeah. South Carolina. Actually, appointed black. I'm just going to say one thing about the whole party thing. If the Democratic Party ran Donald Trump, I would not vote for a Democrat. You know, that was going to be my next question. Actually, if you had a Donald Trump-like figure in the Democratic Party, oh. would you? Oh, Interesting, Jan. Yeah, I read your mind. Well, I don't know what, a, what when you say a Donald Trump-like figure. Like, like for instance, there were some people talking about. Um. Uh. What's the guy who owns the Dallas Mavericks football, uh, basketball oh, Mark team? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. They were talking about people like him running as a Democrat, and there was a little brief talk about someone like Oprah Winfrey running. That's different. I mean, if, if you're saying someone like Trump and the fact that they're a celebrity, they're from outside politics, that could be interesting on the Democratic side. Well, behavior-wise, right I would say all the same bluster and the same. Oh, that would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, that would know, be but, tough, but part I would of think. As it is, but partisanship as it is, I don't think the Democrats are uh, beyond just raw partisanship, too. And, you know, you know, you never know. I mean, you know, you might find people supporting him just because he's wearing, the, you know, your colors or your hat, you know, wearing a blue hat. OK, he's my guy. I know mm-hmm. you guys have more you could talk about. And I have to fly for my. Yes. State. I know. So I go. We are it's, wrapping up fun. here for sure. I, I'm not, aware of your time. <laughs> So I'm going to slide out. Okay? Yes. Thank you, Jan. Appreciate that. Thank you, Marion. Thank you. When's your next workout? Thank you. When's your next workout? Tomorrow. 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 More whining yeah. tomorrow. More Tune whining tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, there'll be more whining tomorrow. And uh, I wanted to ask that last question, but Jan beat me to it because I, I know you guys have you know timing issues, but I really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, having a, a, a very intelligent conversation. Well, thank you so much for thinking of us and having us. And I, um, I, I really enjoyed it. So thank you very much. I'm glad thank I you, guys. <laughs> Appreciate Bye. you guys. Thank you so much. All right, man. We'll talk to you.
with his girlfriend that called Eve. Yeah, he had his way with about it's okay. Cause he did it on his knees. listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone! Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates